Greetings, and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Will Seldon with VHHA, and today we are pleased to be joined by Dr. Rebecca Kaltman, Executive Director and Endowed Chair at the Innova Seville Cancer Screening and Prevention Center. We'll cover her career, her work with the Cancer Screening and Prevention Center, and much more. But first, Dr. Kaltman, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive right in, I want to give our listeners just a little bit of background information, just so they can get to know you a little bit better. Um, you are a board-certified hematologist and oncologist. Before you joined Inova, which is back in 2021, I believe you are the director of the Clinical Cancer Genetics and Prevention Service and the medical director of the Infusion Center at George Washington University Cancer Center. You went to Drexel for med school, Penn for residency, and fellowship. And now you're here talking to me who has absolutely none of those qualifications, but we're glad you're here. And joking aside, what outside of your work do you think people should know about you? Do you like to read, travel, play sports? What makes you, you? Ah, I love that question. Um, so I am very attached to my family. So when I'm not working, I'm with them. I have two teenage children and we pretty much go to all their sporting events. That's our life right now. But yeah, aside from that, just another thing about me is that I'm a breast medical oncologist. So my, my primary focus has always been throughout my career in treating breast cancer patients, but I've always had an extra focus on individuals at higher risk for developing all types of cancer, um, hence their hereditary or genetic risk. So that's always been a, a separate aspect of my patient population throughout my career. Nice. Very nice. I grew up playing sports as well, so I know my, my family could attest to how busy your life is following folks around playing sports, so that's cool. Um, let's jump into the Inova Seville Cancer Screening and Prevention Center. I know the services y'all provide are comprehensive, but um, maybe what would be most helpful for me and, and potentially our listeners would be if you could just briefly walk us through the process that goes on at the Screening and Prevention Center. So what happens when someone walks through the door for the first time? What are you looking for, and how do you help those patients navigate that situation? Yeah, thank you for that question. I think out of that question is born the fact that we're such a novel type of center that I think a lot of people don't know essentially what we do or if they need a referral, et cetera, to actually um, have access to our services. So what I'll say from the beginning is we this is a non-referral-based practice. So we see everybody and anybody who's interested in understanding more about their cancer risk. So they either find out about us through other providers or through our website or through media and just want to have a little bit more information about their cancer risk. So we are a comprehensive center. Our new patient coordinators are trained to assess what the patient's main interest or uh, in coming to our clinic is, whether it be I have a family history or I have had some abnormal colonoscopies, and I think I might be at higher risk for developing colon cancer. Uh, whatever it is, they try to identify what their need is and get them plugged in. Once they see a provider within Seville, we determine if they need what we consider to be the multidisciplinary care that we can provide for our highest risk 
individuals. And those tend to be those with hereditary mutations that put them at higher risk for cancer, but it also could be those with environmental exposures that put them at higher risk for multiple different types of cancer. And so you said it's a non-referral program, so anyone can join. And when that happens, I'm trying to put myself in the position or, or in the shoes of someone who does visit. You said they're greeted by a nurse or, or a care team provider like that, and they sort of plug you into the right track. Is that right? Exactly. So the new patient coordinator will have a conversation with the individual and then schedule an initial consult. That initial consult is usually with what we call a civil provider. So that might be me or one of the APPs that I work with who are trained to do cancer risk assessments. So that's when we go over a comprehensive medical history as well as environmental exposure history to assess what one's risk of developing cancer is. Now, part of that initial risk assessment might lead to other things like genetic counseling and testing, which is something that we offer within Seville as well, or it might lead to a specialty clinic if they've been a, a smoker, um, maybe it's to our lung cancer screening program, or if they have a family history of pancreatic cancer but no genetic mutation, they might be seen by our high-risk pancreatic group. If they're male and want to understand more about their prostate cancer risk, they might see our urologist. So it's the Seville provider, me or my APPs, who does that comprehensive assessment first to determine what level of services they need within Seville and to give them just a general idea of the cancers that we might be more concerned about. It's during that consult as well that we offer them participation, opportunities to participate in research. And we can talk a little bit about that now. Or Yeah, yeah. Feel free to tack on some of the information about the different research opportunities. Yeah, so one of the main missions of Seville is not only to offer comprehensive opportunities for cancer screening, but it's really to push the envelope to really get to what we call next generation cancer screening. And there's a lot of innovation in that space with regard to hand screening the blood, so these liquid biopsy tests that are looking for over 50 different types of tumor, DNA in the blood. We also have other investigators that we work with here that are working on other novel techniques, oral and nasal swabs that might help detect oral cancer early, head and neck cancer early, or the nasal swabs, which can help detect uh, lung cancer at an earlier stage. So these novel techniques are being offered in the context of clinical trials to eligible patients. Um, I know you mentioned this is a pretty novel center, which is awesome. But it's had some really impressive accomplishments so far. I was reading up on it a little bit. And so I'll read off a list of numbers, and then maybe you can interpret them for us a little bit. So by the end of 2022, the center had seen uh, 1,676 patients, resulting in 499 procedures. You've been commended for your efforts in health equity and reaching military, veterans, first responders, and other underserved communities. Back in February and May, y'all hosted screening clinics with local nonprofit Nueva Vida, to help women receive mammograms and other vital screenings at no cost to them. And then in early June, you hosted nearly 460 people at the second annual Inova Seville Cancer Screening and Health Fair, which is open to the public. So having heard all that, maybe I'd be interested to get your reaction to that, just hearing it all listed out. And I'm sure that's just a fraction of everything you all have accomplished so far. But talk about what that means to have been a part of a team that's accomplished so much already. Yeah, I, we have an incredible team here that we've built over the course of the past year plus a couple months. And what I failed to mention earlier is that our uh, clinic side, our clinic team, 
is coupled with an incredible procedure side. So it really is one-stop shopping for people that need further intervention for cancer screening. So our GI team will do colonoscopies, endoscopies, endoscopic ultrasound for pancreatic screening right here in the office. We also have the capability of doing robotic bronchoscopic biopsies. So for individuals who are identified to have nodules on screening lung CTs, they can also have further evaluation right here on the procedure side in the same space. Um, we also have urology that comes down to perform prostate biopsies uh, within our clinic. So we really do have a comprehensive way of addressing what somebody's risks are and then following up in that same space, which we really feel that it helps improve uptake of not only the cancer screening, but the full cycle of it with, you know, down to early detection, because a lot of the barriers are, you know, being unfamiliar with the space or fear or lack of navigation. And we work very closely with our navigators to make sure that anybody who's identified to have an issue gets followed through until it gets further evaluated. So I'm really proud not only of our clinic staff, but all the providers that we work with who help help us take good care of our patients and follow through, you know, all the way to, you know, if if need be to diagnosis. And then with regard to our outreach efforts, I'm exceptionally proud of this. This is one of the missions that Paul and Linda Seville had for the Seville Center when they provided this generous gift. Um, They felt very passionate about equity, as do I. And it is one of the main missions of Seville to, to not be an ivory tower, to provide all the services that we have here in a way that, that is accessible to everyone in our community and our catchment area. So we're very actively engaging other community programs and community leaders to make sure that every, everything that we're providing here is, is accessible. So we're still working with that, but we have identified partners that will bring people from their community in for screening days. Our hope is to be able to actually provide a lot of the services that we provide here outside at the community centers, and we're working on that. In fact, one of the clinical trials that we offer here, we're now offering at one of our community sites. So we're very active in trying to engage as much of the community as possible and get out there so that, you know, that it's not just a referral place, that it really is going to be improving the health of everyone in our community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I feel like that's such a key aspect. And so I, I want to linger on that community health aspect of this a little bit. Obviously, I'm no expert and, you know, you, you hear anecdotal evidence of this all the time, but I think so often the perceived barriers to care are enough to dissuade people from pursuing the care that they need. And so events like the um, Nova Seville Cancer Screening and Health Fair, which you all have, which is open to the public, I feel like it's just a great way to remove those barriers. And I read that in the June Health Fair that you all did, among other things, 64 skin cancer screenings took place and seven were referred to biopsy. So, it, I mean, it's maybe not come as a surprise to you, but it's just remarkable to hear that it's literally saving people's lives. And so I wonder if you can comment on just more generally the importance of medical community outreach and, like you said, trying to make sure that this, this isn't some sort of ivory tower that you have to have referrals upon referrals, but really it's just you're, you're reaching out into the community and meeting people where they are. I wonder if you could comment on the importance of that in general. Yeah, I think I, that can't be overstated enough, to be honest, because um, we hear time and time again of the barriers being for working individuals that I don't have flexibility at work and I can't make it 
to get my, you know, screening done because it's only during, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday hours. So all of our events, we tend to hold on Saturday morning, Saturday midday to make sure that individuals who do work um, are able to, to make it to those appointments. I think offering as much real time screening at these events is incredible. And we have incredible dermatologists that work with us that give up their time and volunteer to be able to do these screening events for free. And we do, every time we do it, it is it makes a tremendous impact and they find abnormal findings that otherwise would have been missed. So it really is incredible. The other thing that we instituted at this most recent health fair is real-time scheduling. So we had our patient navigators and schedulers there on site, again, volunteering their time to schedule people in real time. So if they were attending the event and didn't have a mammogram scheduled, we could schedule that on-site um, so that they had appointment before they left. So I think, you know, it's the bird-in-hand approach. We have them there. We have their attention. We need to actually have them leave with something meaningful, not just information, but actually tangible follow-up. So that's something that we're, we work really hard to do. Well, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you and your team are doing. I know how important it is in that community and um, other folks who are doing similar stuff across the state. I know how important that is. So I just want to say thank you. Before we let you go, it's tradition on our show to ask our guests a few sort of fun questions to close things out. We have a list of 10 mystery questions that we'll draw from. So when you're ready, if you could give me two numbers from 1 to 10, I'll read you those corresponding questions to close us out. Okay. Um, let's take 9 and 5. Number 5. If you could spend the day with one person from history, living or otherwise, who would it be and why? So I would choose have more time as an adult with my grandfather. And the reason being is that he was a pretty incredible man. He uh, was instrumental in developing the first integrated hospital in a small town in North Carolina uh, where he was raising his family. Um, he was a businessman that felt strongly about equity, um, and this was in the Deep South in the 60s, and he pushed a bond issue forward to enable the building of New Hanover Regional Medical Center, which was in Wilmington, North Carolina. And, you know, in being his granddaughter and growing up, I always knew he was great, but I didn't fully understand why, and I think now that I'm in this position where I see there's such need in the community for equity in healthcare, the fact that he did this in the 60s in the Deep South is mind-blowing to me. So I would love to have more time with him now to talk to him more about that. It really, I mean, this is kind of meta, but it really is, it's almost cruel that you like get to know these people that you didn't get to spend enough time with as an adult to fully appreciate who they are and like enjoy them as a person instead of just like a grandfather or a grandparent or, or, or something like that. So it is really insightful to say right. you when didn't you get to spend enough time with them, with them as an adult, right? right. Yeah, it's don't, different. Don't get it, right? It's different. Yeah. And like, I would love to talk to him now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're a different person now. Never... And yeah, it's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. Number nine, if you were miraculously granted one wish, what would you wish for? Mm -hmm. So I would say I am grateful for being in good health 
Um, and I would wish for good health because I'm a two-time cancer survivor. And having been fortunate to catch both early, I feel very fortunate that I have not had any issues subsequently. And I, uh, you know, anybody who goes through those issues understands the value of good health. Not that anybody else doesn't, but I think it, it becomes much more clear. So I um, am grateful for that. And my wish would be for that and for for everyone, um, which is why I do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, as the old saying goes, health is the most important thing. I don't think that's the actual saying, but that's the sentiment of the saying. So yeah, <laughs> forgive me. But yes, absolutely. Um, well, those are two great answers. And with that, we have come to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. We want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Rebecca Kaltman, the Executive Director and Endowed Chair at the Innova Seville Cancer Screening and Prevention Center for joining us today. So thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. 